Grace and peace to you, my family. This is the Cornerstone Podcast presented by Global Grace Ministries. My name is Francis Wessel and I am very excited today because I get to talk a little bit about one of my favorite topics and that is our identity in Christ. We just finished the series on emotional healing and I decided to add one more episode before we start a new series. One of the major components of our emotional health is our identity. Many people do not know who they are and confuse their identity with what they do, whom they're with, what people think of them, or what they have or do not have. I once offended someone because I forgot to introduce her as Dr. So-and-so. I thought I had given her a great introduction. Since we were at a church, in her introduction, I included her church title. But because I unintentionally forgot to mention her professional title, she stopped talking to me. When I apologized, trying to fix the situation, she told me that it was very important for her that people knew who she was. I felt terrible for offending her, but at the same time, I felt sorry for her. Obviously, we need to respect people's titles because they have worked very hard to get them, but our titles are not who we are. That is what we have accomplished, and it is important to know the difference. As believers, it is important to know who we are in Christ because in that knowledge is where our identities are. Go with me to Matthew 16 and we're going to read verse 15 through 19, which says, And you, who do you say I am? You are the Christ, the son of the living God, said Simon Peter. Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah. Jesus said to him, Because no mortal has revealed this to you but my Father who is in heaven. I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of the kingdom of death will not prevail against it. I will give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you lose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Once Peter understood who Christ was, Christ revealed his true identity to him. And that identity came with authority. It came with the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Our lives here on earth can change so quickly and our titles, job descriptions, and economic situations can change. But who we are, that never changes. I was recently talking to one of my brothers and he was mentioning that many school principals are very unhappy with their jobs. My brother is a principal. They're unhappy because their jobs are very stressful, but they do not quit and look for another job because they will not know who they are without the title of principles. Sadly, that doesn't happen only in the world. I once worked at a church where people used to fight over the titles of ministers. No one wanted to do the work of a minister, but all of them wanted the recognition that that title gave them. For some of us, all that up to a point may seem like no big deal. But in our society, looks, status, and power are a big deal. Young people today work extremely hard trying to portray an image of a happy life on social media, even if in reality their lives are falling apart. 
Many get depressed if their post doesn't get many likes. All because to them, what people think of them matters immensely. The saddest thing is that in regards to identity problems, the church is in the same boat as the world. Many Christians try to be what the world is expecting them to be. And in the meantime, we are all suffering from insecurities, low self-esteem, rejection, depression, and loneliness. That child of God is not the will of God for us. God wants us to know who we are because once we know it, people's expectations or their opinions of us do not affect our lives. Once you know who you are, you are truly free to serve God and accomplish the wonderful destiny that he has for you. Even in ministry, once you find your identity in Christ, you no longer work for God. You work with God. What others do or do not do does not matter. All that matters is your obedience to the Lord. Your motives of why you bless people and God change. You no longer seek to be accepted, but you live in complete acceptance. Therefore, titles, possessions, relationships, and social media status become tools and not strings that bind you anymore. So the question is, how do we know who we really are? I am so happy you asked because I am ready to unpack the answer to that question. Go with me to John chapter 1 verse 12. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. My friend, if you have accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, the Bible calls you a son of God. Nothing and no one can change that. It does not matter how old you are, how much money you have, your level of education, or your social or immigration status. If Jesus lives in your heart, you are a son of God. And the best thing about it, in my opinion, is that at the foot of the cross, the floor is leveled. God does not have favorites. We are all his favorite. In the spirit, your authority does not come from what you do. It comes from who you are and who you belong to. Angels do not care if you are gorgeous or hard to look at. They do not care if you have money or not. If the Holy Spirit has sealed you as property of God, they will run to your help or assist you whenever you need their assistance. Earthly possessions do nothing for the devil. But if your name is written in the book of life, he knows for sure who you are. The challenge about our identity is that identity is not given. It is developed. It requires time and work. We can know in our minds that we are the sons of God. But unless that knowledge gets to our hearts, we will say we are God's children, but we will not live like a son or a daughter of God Almighty. To accept our sonship is harder for some of us than others. You see, in our natural families, the one that is called to help us to develop our identities are our fathers. Every child looks to his dad or her dad for approval. The father in a home is the one who should instill in his kids that they are secure, capable, accepted, smart, and in the case of girls, the father is also the person who God uses the most to tell his girls that they are beautiful. Of course, the development of our identity is not solely our father's responsibility. We also develop our identity from interactions with our mothers, siblings, other relatives, 
and from factors like our social or economic status. But if we feel secure, accepted, and loved at home, all other factors seem as choices we make more than who we are. What do I mean by that? For women, for example, to feel loved and accepted is extremely important. A girl who does not feel loved and accepted as an adult may go from relationship to relationship accepting many shortcomings in her partners just to be loved. The reality is that unless we feel loved to start with, we can never love truly and since we get what we give, we will never be truly loved. Also, a boy who does not feel worthy or respected or capable of achieving greatness or his destiny, capable of achieving his potential, can become an overachiever or an abuser, try to get or demand the respect and the worthiness that he does not have in his heart. A young man who feels secure, respected, and or accepted will become protective, respectful, and capable of achieving his destiny, no matter where he is, how much money he has, or the type of job he has. I remember a shoemaker who was my parents' customer when we were living in El Salvador. He was very knowledgeable in many academic subjects and used to help me with my homework all the time. He was very respectful and so dignified that you would think he was a judge or a lawyer but he was just a shoemaker who had to leave school behind to take care of his siblings. But he knew that who he was was not what he did for a living. He was a child of a king and he acted as such. Now, people who do not know who they are face many complicated challenges. Some of these challenges are the lack of self-respect, lack of boundaries, low self-esteem, problems with commitments, anxiety, insecurity, avoidance of intimacy, inferiority complexes, problems letting go of their past mistakes. They cannot make up their minds or make decisions. They are easily persuaded. They are codependent. They disregard rules and many more. Too many problems and too complicated to deal with all of them in just one short podcast. But I do want to at least mention a specific challenge today that I believe assaults the lives of many Christians who do not know who they are, and that is codependency. Codependency refers to an unhealthy mental, emotional, physical, and or spiritual reliance on a partner, friend, or family member. Codependent relationships are relationships in which one person needs the other person, who in turn needs to be needed. A codependent person finds its worth in being needed, which open his or her life for people to take advantage of them. Some signs of codependency are you avoid conflicts with people who depend on you. You are the one who apologizes even if you have done nothing wrong. You are constantly trying to change or rescue traveled, addicted, or under-functioning people. You do anything for other people, even if helping people represents great challenges for you. You tend to put people on pedestals. You tend not to have time for yourself because you always spend time helping others. You feel like the wellness of others depend on you. You feel also that when people do not need you anymore or do not depend on you anymore, 
they stop loving you. In other words, my dear friends, when we have codependent tendencies, we might act as if we were God for other people, all because we want to be needed. We confuse need or dependency with love and acceptance. Do you know anybody like that? Are you like that? I have known some pastors who make the mistakes of teaching their congregation to depend on them instead of on God because they are codependent. They get their worth and value of people needing them and when they get tired of helping people or when people leave them, they feel abused, misused, rejected, or they resent people. But in reality, their need to be needed is what puts them in those situations. Now, it is normal to feel hurt when people use us or leave us. What is not normal is if we keep being used, abused, or left behind repeatedly because we put ourselves in those situations or places where only God can and should be. Child of God, we all want to be a blessing to others, and we all love to use our gifts and talents to help our loved ones, but our worth and our acceptance should never come from what we do for others. It should come from what Christ did for us on the cross. God, no matter what you do or you do not do for him or others, will never love you less. You are always accepted in God's kingdom, no matter who needs you or who doesn't need you. What we should do for God and others should be done because we love God and we love others, not expecting them to love us in exchange for what we do for them. A son of God with healthy self-worth knows who he is or she is and knows that he or she is not called to answer every need around him or her. Only God can do that. If you have codependent tendencies, you need to develop your identity in Christ. How do we do that? Well, to start, we need to realize that we cannot develop our identities by ourselves. God has to develop it for us. God has to tell us who we are. Go with me to Matthew chapter 3 verse 17 which says, And a voice from heaven said, This is my son whom I love. I am well pleased in him. This is what God said to Christ. And since we are in Christ, this is what God is telling us. We are his sons and daughters. He claims us as part of his family, a part of the family whom he loves. You see, when he told Jesus he was loved, Jesus had not even started his ministry. God does not love us for what we do for him or anyone else. He loves us because we are his children. Just as a father and a mother of a newborn love that child that until that moment has done nothing for them but caused great pain to the mother and great expenses to both of them, God loves us. And what is even better in my opinion is that God also likes us. He told Jesus, I am pleased with you. You do not have to be or do anything for God to be pleased with you. But the reality is that people can tell us that until they are blue in the face. But some of us still will not believe it. The Holy Spirit is the only one that can settle that in our hearts. And that will only happen if you have fellowship with him by abiding in Christ. 1 John 2 5 through 6 says, But whoever keeps his word, in him truly the love of God is perfected. By this we may know that we are in him. 
Whoever says he abides in him ought to walk in the same way in which he walked. Child of God, by spending time with God, you become like him. Your identity comes from him. By reading the word of God, you find out what God thinks of you. And by accepting what he says of you, you develop the identity of a child of God. No one can ever take that away from you. Once you know who you are in Christ, your titles, your financial situation, your social situation, your race, sex, or age are only data and tools you use for the glory of God. A sign of an emotional healthy person is that his or her complete dependency for anything and everything, even his identity, is on God and God alone. If anything that I have said today impacted your heart, Maybe it is time for you to search your heart and ask God to help you develop a strong sense of identity in Christ. Ask him to help you know as much as you know your name that you are a child of the living God. Once you know who you are in Christ, no matter how your life changes or who is with you or against you, your authority as a believer, your assurance of God's love, and your total dependency on your heavenly father will never change. Many people ask me, why do you call the people you speak or write to children of God? And I always tell them that is who they are and therefore I will address them as such. Sons and daughters of God, like always, it has been an honor to spend a few minutes with you. For more information about our ministry, please check our website at globalgraceministries.com. I recommend you read our section on questions and answers under the resource tab. If you have any questions you would like to add to that list, please email us at info at globalgraceministries.com. Have a wonderful rest of your week.